We've been studying the Lord's Prayer and uh, how Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Not necessarily what you should pray, but how. So we're going piece by piece looking at the various elements of the Lord's Prayer to teach us how to pray. We talked about the beginning, our Father in heaven, how there's this relationship with God. The fact that he is in heaven, that he can see things we cannot see. We can trust him. He has a perspective you do not have. We talked about hallowed be your name. Talking about how important it is at the beginning of our prayer time to acknowledge God and to praise him and to thank him. Not only for what he has done, but what you're trusting him to do now in your life. I talked to you about how to celebrate your answer before you get it. Which for a lot of people seems really odd, really out of the box. But that's really faith. When you can celebrate your answer before you get it, that gets God's attention. It moves faith in your life. It's, it's, uh, it's easy to celebrate good things when they happen. Anybody can do that. It takes a real attitude in your heart of faith to actually celebrate while things are still lousy in your life to be able to celebrate your answer before you see it. Okay, then we talked uh, last week about uh, your kingdom come. And we talked about what it meant to seek first the kingdom of God. And we read that scripture where Jesus said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And how most preachers use that to talk about money. But he's really not talking about money per se. He's talking about having an attitude of looking for the kingdom of God. Being concerned about the kingdom of God. Worrying, if you will. It's kind of a weird word to use. But worrying, if you will, about the kingdom of God. About God's concerns. Not worrying in a bad way, but just... Because he uses the example of people worrying about what am I going to eat? And what am I going to drink? And what am I going to wear? And burning all that energy. He says, why don't you take that energy? All your fretting energy. And be concerned about, what can I do to advance God's kingdom? What can I say to someone to advance God's moving in their life? How can I pray that will advance God's purposes in my life, in in, in the kingdom of God on earth? And so that's that whole thing about seeking first God's kingdom. Your kingdom come. You need to be more concerned about God's concerns than your own concerns. Right? If you only come to God about your concerns, uh, that's going to be a hard road to hold for you. You need to be concerned first about God's kingdom. God's all cool about your concerns. But what he's saying is pray first, your kingdom come. And being concerned about those. Then we get to the next part that we're going to talk about tonight. Your will be done. (laughs) This is something most people in Christians, people, Christian people in America today seem to be completely oblivious about. God's will be done. A lot of people are cool with God's will being done uh, as long as it's my will's being done alongside it. It's like, you know, looking at Pastor Lathan and saying, hey, your will be done. Have a great day. Do what you want. And then I go out doing about my business. But when you pray God's will be done, this isn't, gee, God, do what you want to do and then I get to do whatever I want to do. You have to understand this is a surrendering of your will to the will of God. Should your will clash with the will of God, guess who loses? You lose. Alright? You need to surrender. If you want God blessing your life, if you want God answering your prayers, if you want God helping you to succeed and becoming all you can be in your life, not just for yourself, but for your friends and for your family, you need to surrender your will to the will of God. 
Now we all have wills. I have will. Uh, everybody has will. Everybody's got, you know, what they would like to see, what they would like to do in life, the dreams they would like to accomplish. But you have to understand something. That always has to be surrendered to the will of God. I promise you, if I had always gotten what I wanted in life, I would not be here tonight. I wouldn't. I don't even think I'd be in ministry tonight. If God would have made me the successful businessman that I had prayed that he would. That I had asked God that he would do for my life. And sought God diligently and worked hard for and did all the scriptural things I could think of. If that would have worked, if that God had answered all those prayers, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in the Bahamas, baby, having a great time. All right, praying for you guys here. But that did, why? Because at the end of the day, it's always God, your will be done. If my will collides with your will, let your will be done. And that's a hard, painful lesson for people to learn. Because most people really do not have any clue about the lordship of Jesus Christ. About truly surrendering their will to the will of God. They will serve Jesus so long as or up to the point it begins infringing on their will or their right to be happy. The minute it gets in the way of our right to be happy, then we start giving God a hard time and we start becoming very resistant. Now, you have to understand something. Sometimes God's will will mean asking you or requiring you to do something that does not make you happy. Something that you don't really want to do. There's things sometimes deep in our hearts we truly want to do, but if God doesn't want you to do it, it may make you very unhappy. And this concept today in Christian America is, uh, is an absurd concept. It's like nobody grasps this today. Because the one thing you hear when you challenge people about the way they're living their life and the decisions they're making and the fact that they're doing the right decisions might make them uncomfortable, they often respond to me, but doesn't God want me to be happy? Who told you that? I got news for you. Your happiness is really not the number one concern of God's life. It's really not. I know it comes as a shock to some of you. Some of you are absolutely convinced that God's number one purpose is to make you happy. To give you everything that you want. (laughs) Living in this drug-induced state of selfishness. We think that our will is truly must be God's will. It is often a shock when your will collides with God's will. And you need to start doing something that for most Americans is very uncomfortable and that is surrendering. We do not like to surrender. We like to be strong, bold, confident, obnoxious, but not surrender. Here's a scripture in Luke, the 14th chapter, verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. He's very popular. And he turns to them and says to these large popular crowds... Something very unpopular. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters. Preacher brother, I'm doing that. I hate my wife now, praise God. No, 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 no. Not that kind of hate. All right. Yes, and even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. What is he talking about? He says, man, if you can't surrender... Everything in your life to me. 
to the point that your decisions might actually come off as hating your own interests, being against your own interests, or even the interests of your mom and dad. (gasps) Or maybe the interests of the people closest to you. That can be very, very odd for people. But he says, if you're not willing to do that, you cannot be my disciple. Look at the next, uh, where are we at? Next verse, verse 27. He says, and if anyone who does not carry his cross, and, and anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me, cannot be my disciple. Now think about that a little bit. He hadn't died on the cross yet. We get it today. The cross. We see the cross. We go, yes, Jesus. This is wonderful. At least from a lot of people. You know what's sad? There's a lot of people today that have no idea what the cross means. Uh, we were doing a cruise. We do a cruise every uh, every January. First week of January, we do a couple's cruise. And uh, boy, if you can, you ought to come with us. It's a ride. I know it would be really, really hard to leave Green Bay in January. But if you could pull yourself away from the comfort of this time of year. <laughs> you ought to come with because it's a scream. We have a great time. And uh, anyway, we are in one of these, you know, every place they stop on these islands and you get out and there's nothing but tourist traps everywhere and, and, and trying to sell you stuff. Jewelry stores everywhere. If you like jewelry, you ought to go on a cruise because all they do is sell you jewelry, jewelry, it sparkles. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. And, and uh, this lady was uh, standing next to her and she's, she's looking at all these crosses. Ooh, I like that one. Ooh, I like that one. And then there was one that, that was a crucifix. You know what the difference is? The crucifix is Jesus on the cross. Okay. And, and she looked at that and, and she asked the jeweler, who's that? Who, who's that? Not a bad person. Just completely clueless as to what the cross even meant. Isn't that amazing? We've got a lot of work to do, boys and girls. Sharing with people about what all this... We assume everybody gets it. A lot of people don't get anything. Nice people, wonderful people. They just have never heard a word about what all this means. But for most of us, certainly in church, we understand the, the cross and it, it makes sense to us. We go, ooh, pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. But, you know, back then, it made no sense. The cross was an instrument of death. It would be like someone saying to you, um, except you carry your electric chair, you can't be my disciple. Or, or unless you, you, you bring along your portable gas chamber, you can't be my disciple. Because that's what it was. It was an execution tool. They didn't get, you know, yes, I have the cross. You know, we make it pretty. Can you imagine an electric chair on your thing? You know, it's... <laughs> You know, having a hangsman's noose on your tattoo, you know. know, This was an instrument of death. They didn't get it. When Jesus says, look, you have got to be willing to embrace an instrument of death if you're going to be my disciple. I mean, it's bad enough to so put God first that it can seem like almost hate towards others. I mean, it's it's a very difficult concept to grasp and you don't have to grasp it right at the second. But but, but it's another, you know, it's one thing to have that kind of, but to so be willing to embrace an instrument of death itself. What is that talking about? It's talking about, I've got to be willing to die to myself, to my desires, to what I want. And look, we all want things. And not everything you want is bad. Even the stuff God doesn't want you to have isn't necessarily bad. 
being a successful business and businessman for me wasn't a bad thing. Wouldn't make me an evil person. It would have been fine. But even that, God said no to me because I, he had another plan for me. And I have to be willing, we all have to be willing to do what God wants more than what we want. It's called dying to self. You say, why is it called dying to self? Try it and see what it feels like. Are you hearing me? It feels like you're dying. It's horrifying. Even as a very, very young Christian, I'll never forget when, when uh, I, had, I had just gotten saved in my uh, marijuana-induced haze in my basement. <laughs> and uh, Some guy came talking about Jesus. I never heard of such a thing. I thought, wow, this is pretty cool, you know. And, and, uh, and, and I thought, man, I want what this guy has. And, and got down on my knees and I asked Jesus into my heart. And man, boom, it was like a, a, a million pounds got lifted off my shoulders. And I went, wow, wow. I can actually have a relationship with God. And God wasn't way off here anymore. He was like right here. An incredible experience. And I thought, whoo, this is so cool. And, and, and uh, you know, at the time I was, you know, I was just a hippie. And, and uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, I got pictures you should never see, by the way. <laughs> Don't show people those pictures, okay? And uh, when that's when I had hair, man, just, ah! everywhere and I just really look nasty and uh, 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 you know I was, I was in a rock and roll band man I love my rock and roll band I live for my rock and roll band and I was cool and you know the band and I remember one day reading the bible and, 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 and uh, I was reading some scripture that had nothing really to do much with anything except one of these disciple scriptures that says you know you need to be willing to surrender whatever okay and it was like a voice said to me, you need to get out of that rock and roll band. And it just freaked the willies out of me. I literally was holding the Bible like this, and all of a sudden, I went, ah! I mean, it, I, 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 what's that? Okay, I wasn't used to hearing from God. I wasn't, a, I don't know how to explain it, other than I could sense this phrase just jumped out of me, need to get out of the rock and roll band. And oh, was that hard for me? I remember going, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. That must have been a devil. That must have been something horrible. What was that? I can't, I can't do that. I love, I love my rock and roll band. I love my rock and roll band. And, and I remember fighting with that and fighting with that and fighting with that. Even as a Christian, only a few months old. And I finally, I remember crying. I just cried. I said, okay, okay. You can have my rock and roll band. <laughs> but my life will suck for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll have a big sucking sound everywhere I go. Just... <laughs> That's okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, man, you have no idea. What a step that was for me. And calling all my guys, I, I got to get out of the rock and roll band. And they were cursing at me. What do you do? What do you mean? We worked hard. I don't know, man. I just got to, you know. Boy, did I get a lot of static. And I'll never forget those guys because I had the coolest setup in the basement, you know, with all these cool instruments. I mean, it was like a concert down there. And everybody came over and got all their stuff and they left. And all that was left was my Fender guitar amp <laughs> in a big empty room. And I started crying. <laughs> my life's going to suck. I just know it's going it's to be horrible. It was the first step, surrendering, letting go. And you know what's odd about it is all those guys, they were so, he said, you're such an idiot. We're going to be famous and we're going to record and we're going to do great things and you're going to be a nothing to nobody. I said, I'm sorry, man. I got to do it. I got to do it. Surrendering that thing. 
You know, it's really wild. Within a year and a half of that date, even as a young man, I, I, I started traveling all over the United States and Europe in a band recording and producing and all the stuff that I was willing to give up, God gave me. And those guys got stuck in Nielsville, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, nothing, Jack, you know. But you, you got to be willing to surrender. Look at the verse 33. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Ooh. Every, you got to be willing to give up everything? Man. You can't get most people to give them the offering. Most, I don't know if people, people are aware of this. Most Christians, evangelical, born again, spirit-filled Christians do not tithe. In most, what's the average? Six percent in churches. Can you imagine that? Six percent. Ninety-four percent of born again, I love God, praise God, hallelujah, sing, clap our hands, Christians. Ninety-four percent do not. This is following the one who said, you've got to be willing to give up everything. Don't worry, I don't know if you tithe or not. I don't want to look. I don't want to know. Because I may not like you if you don't. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. The re- really, I, I honestly don't want to know. The reason I don't want to know is because it's really easy to want to be nicer to people who have lots of money. It is. It just is. It's just human nature. You know, if I see you who gives $10 a year, and this guy who gives $100,000 a year, who do you think I'm going to be more inclined to be nice to? Right? The guy does that. I don't even want to know. I want to treat everybody the same. I just want to love people, and, and it'll be cool, and God will take care of it. Lathan, he might know, so watch out for him. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm cool. John, the sixth chapter, verse 53. This is, again, lots of people following Jesus. Jesus turns to them and says, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Now, remember this. These are not people who get communion. They don't even understand the concept. They've never seen or This sounds like a cannibal. It sounds, I, I want you to, to, to eat my flesh and, and drink my blood. 55, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Yeah, if I ate you, I guess so. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, Well, that's pretty hard. (laughs) This is a hard teaching. Who can accept that? Aware that his disciples were grumbling over this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then I'm sorry. And I won't ever say it again. Because I want you to be happy. (laughs) He says, What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. He's trying to clarify him. I'm not talking about actually cannibalizing me. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. Then he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. So they finally got it. What he's saying is you have to be so willing 
to be engrossed in my life or you cannot be my disciple and a very interesting verse the very next verse says from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him if you're telling me that this is going to require everything from me no thanks no thanks no thanks and Jesus turned to the twelve and he started crying said what am I going to do I, I got to get them all back is that what he says he turns around and says you don't want to leave too do you Simon Peter answered Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life we believe and know that you are the Holy One of God here's a great one John the 12th chapter verse 24 I tell you the truth unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds that is such a hard concept for us to grasp because nobody likes to die you know that, that phrase you know everybody wants to get to heaven but nobody wants to die there are people who literally get mad about the whole dying thing they do they do why does God let people die why does God let people die why do... I don't have time to teach I'll teach on this sometime but you gotta understand God's greatest act of mercy was to let mankind die by leaving us mortal he left us fixable he left us redeemable that's why people die okay whole teaching on that we'll do sometime okay but you can't get there if you don't die here that's step number one I've seen people just come unglued when somebody dies I was you know because I used to play the piano all the time I'd go to play funerals I remember this one funeral this guy was like 180 I don't know he's old 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 there's no way this guy was not ancient and people crawling around the casket weeping and wailing and passing out and forgetting why did he die why did he die I'm thinking hello he was old guy was really old I'm surprised he made it this far just coming unglued but nobody likes the idea of death people hate the idea of death hate the idea much less willingly dying willingly see to die means to separate when you die your body separates from your spirit that's what it means not a comfortable thing something I'm not looking forward to myself all right hopefully it's quick because I'm a girl and I can't stand pain but uh, <laughs> but but when you die to self you, you separate from what you want and that hurts it really I'm talking what you really really want you want it and God tries to separate you from it oh man that hurts doesn't matter if you're a little rock and roller or you're a, an adult guy or whatever God's calling you to do and separate from to, 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 to follow him man but Jesus said if the, the seed has to die if you take a seed and you put it in a cup my brother when he was <laughs> Eddie you know when he was in kindergarten he came home with a uh, with a cup with dirt in it and the thing was they were going to grow a plant you know and Eddie he has the uh, curiosity and patience of a fly and uh and uh, he, he, he'd look at it for a while and then he started digging up to see what, what it was doing in there <laughs> okay <laughs> no 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 leave it alone and, and he just kept, he wouldn't stop and of course the thing never came to life 
You know, we, we do that. God sticks us in the, in the pot and, and we get squished down in. <laughs> and we stick our head out of the dirt to see what's going on. And he please, no, 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 no. Get in there, little seed. You gotta die. really dark in here I, I, I can't see a thing you know I mean we start fighting man to get out sticking us in the cup we're going we're the most uncooperative bunch of seeds Popping out of the popping out of the cup, got sticks in the back. We pop back out, stick it back in. And they wonder, how come I never, how come I never grow, Pastor? How come I never grow? Because you won't sit long enough to be dead. You got a stick in a cup. Get separated from whatever is holding you back. Start doing the right thing. But doesn't God want me to be happy? crazy thing is you will be incredibly happy when you do God's will. But your immediate happiness, God does not care about. He loves you. It's like a parent. Or grandparent. There's stuff my grandkids want to do that, and I keep them from doing and it doesn't make them happy. And they cry. And they go, puppy, 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 puppy. Because I give in because I'm a grandfather. But it's a different analogy. Uh, a parent. I never gave in as a parent. <laughs> you know? You, you can't just let them go play in the street because they want to. They'll get hurt, I know, but he really wants to do it. What's he doing? Playing with matches? Why are you letting him do it? Because he really wants to. He likes it. Light, light. Look at the light. You wouldn't do that. Even if it doesn't make them happy, sometimes doing happy will hurt you. If there is one area in the church today where people do not get this, it is when it comes to their marriage vows. You know, I get it with heathens, people who don't know Jesus. I don't expect anything out of them. A lot of times people get mad because the heathens act like heathens. (laughs) Well, they're gay. We should stop them. Well, that movie, I don't like that movie. It's about witches. Well, then don't go. Shouldn't we protest? Oh, shut up. <laughs> Get a life. How about we start living right? Then we'll worry about the heathens. Great day in the morning. Somebody clap. No other, when it comes to, and I got to tell you something. I love you, but, you know, what you do does not impress me. The fact that you do good things is nice, is good. How smart you think you are doesn't really impress me. How spiritual you think you are doesn't really do a lot for me. But brother, I I fasted and prayed for five years. The last five years, I fasted and prayed, and all I did was read the Bible day and night. You know, honestly, I don't care. So what, 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 you know what touches me? 
how do you treat your wife? How do you treat your husband? How do you treat your children? That says reams to me. I know churches got elders and deacons in the church. I'm in charge of this church. And they treat their wife like garbage. Not in my church. That guy's butt is out of the, out of the inner circle. I'm telling you. I'm not going to tolerate that kind of stuff. If you can't live it at home, I don't care what you think you are. And when it comes to the closest relationships in our lives, when the rubber really meets the road, that's where we see what you're really made out of. So well, I'm having a hard time because I can't stand my wife. Well, we'll help you grow. All right? But the answer isn't kicking her to the curb. Somebody say amen. amen. Brother, you want me to stay in an unhappy marriage? Yes, I do. <laughs> How about you just do the right thing? Well, I'm not happy. <laughs> some of the stuff I... You have no idea some of the stuff I hear. This one lady says to me, you know, I was being interviewed in Iowa somewhere. Just, <laughs> doesn't really matter where because it's all the same. Just flat Iowa. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she's giving me a tour of the television station. And she said, yeah, it's interesting what you're talking about. You know, my husband and I, we're getting a divorce. And I said, oh, that's, that's really sad. Why is that? She says, well, we really wanted it to work. But, but our pets didn't get along. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm looking at her like, how can you be so dumb and still breathe? (laughs) Our our, our pets. I mean, she's telling me this freely. As if it made sense. As if this was logical. But we wanted to make it work, but our pets didn't get along and you know how it is. Ah. I'm getting a divorce. Why? Because he's a pig and a bum. Well, that would pretty much wipe out half the marriages right there, you know, if you want that standard. <laughs> and this one right here, too, I got to tell you. I'm a, I'm a very skilled pig and bum. <laughs> I know some people go through real hard, and I get it, I get it, but I mean, some of the most casual, casual reasons... And they look at you like you dropped in from Mars if you challenge them. If you say, you know, I understand you're miserable, but you need to do the right thing. And inevitably I hear, but, but, but doesn't God want me, want me to be happy? Not if you're going to do the wrong thing. That's not his major concern. But we... Stand before God, we swear to Almighty God, I'm going to stay with this person until death does it. Kick it to the curb. Doesn't matter what the Bible says. You know, we have excuses for everything. We have, we are, we are some of the best Pharisees ever born. You know, the Pharisees, the Pharisees look for all the reasons out out of of the law. You could find a... Jesus said, you, you've made the, the, the commandment of God of no effect. Coming up with all your stipulations, all this, you know. The Bible is so clear on this teaching, you'd have to be... You'd have to be... I don't know what you'd have to be. Not to get it. I can't even think of it. It is so clear. It is so clear. It is so clear. But we have every exception you can imagine. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but I know I shouldn't, but this. It doesn't matter about marriage. It doesn't matter. It can be anything. I know the Bible says we shouldn't do the but... 
I know, I know we shouldn't be living together, but, 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 but he really loves me and I love him. Someday we're going to get married. I just know we are. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Can I lead the church Bible study? Ha, 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 ha. No, you can't. Why not? You're living in sin. Yeah, but we love each other. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we divorce, we break our vows, we sue each other. Christians suing each other happens every day and the Bible is so clear you should not sue another believer it's just that clear the minute you, I know ministries who sue each other churches who sued each other churches who sued the pastor pastor who sued the board and you say but you're not supposed to sue yeah but blah, 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 blah. yeah but blah, 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 blah. yeah but blah, blah, blah. we've turned into a church of butts <laughs> We have. And I mean that in both ways. <laughs> and then we wonder, why don't we experience the God? Why don't we experience the power of God? Why doesn't God do more in our life? Why doesn't God, how come we don't see more miracles, Pastor? See more miracles. See more miracles. See more miracles. I'm just amazed God shows up at all. I kid you not. I'm surprised we can all get together and just feel good. Much less miracles. Well, see, don't you believe? Of course I believe in miracles. When, and when one happens, I am one. Wow, praise God, hallelujah. It amazes me God still moves at all. Why? Because we are such self-centered, arrogant, stubborn people that Jesus is only Lord as long as it doesn't get away what we want. That's not making Jesus Lord. Look at what I'm saying to you is not a popular message. In fact, when Jesus taught it, everybody left. I hope you don't do that. <laughs> For your short stint as pastor. <laughs> Everybody left my church. Really, how long were you there? I don't know, about eight weeks. (laughs) I don't know what happened. (laughs) It is hard. But man, I'm telling you, if you really want to experience things, you have to be willing to surrender. Make your will be done. God, I really want this. I really want, but God, your will be done. At the end of the day, you need to say, whatever I desire, whatever plans I have, they are subject to God's veto. It is just that simple. Not everything you want, God doesn't want for you. But if all of a sudden God starts dealing with you about something, you're trying to be happy and do the wrong thing, you need to stop doing the wrong thing. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Hard words. Dying. Dying to what we want. Truth of the matter is, just coming to Jesus and being saved requires dying. Dying to wanting to sin and be mean and do nasty things and be hard against God. But if you're going to have a relationship with Jesus, you need to be able to die to that. You need to separate from it. You need to come to him and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I want to pray a prayer together. And this prayer is kind of twofold. One is for all of us just to kind of surrender our hearts. And, and I'm asking you to join in even if you've never prayed a prayer like this. But there will be a part of this prayer that, where you can ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. If you will open your heart. If you will die to the destructive wrong things in your life that you know that you've been doing that are hurting you. If you'll separate from that and turn to God. He will forgive you and give you a new life. Let's pray this prayer together. Say Heavenly Father. We surrender to you this evening. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done in our lives and in this church. I freely choose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And give me a new beginning. Help me to separate from things that hurt me. That separate me from you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's all stand together. Now that I beat up on y'all. Listen, tonight, if that was the first time you ever prayed a prayer like that, where you surrendered your heart to God, uh, if you'll stop by the guest services counter there, I have a book I want to give you. It's called Getting Started in Your New Life with Jesus. It's written by my brother Eddie, the one always digging up the seeds. And uh, um, we'll, we'll happily to give it to you free of charge. Just stop by the thing the, the thing out there and say, I'd like, I'd like a copy of that book. It's a great little book. It'll answer questions about faith and how you can get to know God more in your life. Anyway, listen, I love you guys. We can do great things together. If we'll have a heart that says, God, I'm going to do what you want. No matter what it costs me. No matter who it separates me from. Or who it associates me with. I choose to follow you. God bless you guys. I love you. See you Sunday morning.